You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Today, we're taking a look at and diving into chapter 7 of the book of Acts, which is a continuation of chapter 6, where the apostles had chosen these deacons to serve in practical affairs, and these ones had to be full of the Spirit and of wisdom. And Stephen was one of these, and this whole chapter 7 is concerning uh, Stephen. And chapter 6 ends with uh, the Sanhedrin, who had brought Stephen before them, and they had these trumped-up charges to accuse him. And when they looked at him, they beheld his face as though it were the face of an angel. And then uh, Stephen, in chapter 7, begins to defend himself. And what he does here is he presents a marvelous message, which basically encapsulates the entire Old Testament. And imagine, could could you kind of give a brief summary of the entire Old Testament in, say, three minutes. I mean, this is what Stephen does here. Three or four minutes to just unfold the whole Old Testament to show God's economy. And this message, um, it begins with Abraham. And Stephen tells us that the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. This is verse 2. The God of glory. Now, it's interesting that when you go back to Genesis and study the section concerning Abraham, there's no mention of the God of glory. But Stephen, who was filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom, he saw that the God of glory is the one who appeared to our father Abraham. And this God of glory, listen, this God of glory was really Stephen's testimony. Stephen had been attracted to and drawn by Jesus Christ, the God of glory. And he was caught by him and he gave his whole life up for Jesus Christ. Literally, even at the end of this chapter, he is martyred. And then I wanted to mention something else at the conclusion of Stephen's message where he unfolds the whole Old Testament, starting with Abraham, going through Moses and David and so forth, all these ones, and then he comes to the end of his message. In verses 44 through 49, and here he talks about the tabernacle of testimony that was with our fathers in the wilderness, and he talks about how... uh, uh, David was raised up by God to have a desire for God's heart and to want to find a habitation for for God. And Solomon eventually was the one who built him a house. This is in verse 47. But in verse 48 and 49, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 66, and he says, Yet the Most High does not dwell in that which is made by hands, even as the prophet says, this is the prophet Isaiah, 
Heaven is my throne and the earth is a footstool for my feet. What kind of a house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? So, Stephen's message begins with the God of glory appearing to Abraham. And based on this appearing, he has drawn us and captured us and caused us to pursue after him. He's so attractive. And as we spend time with him and pursue him and love him, he infuses us with himself. The God of glory does this. And eventually, we become this habitation of God, the tabernacle of testimony. Oh, a glorious dwelling place for the God of glory. Because according to this quote from Isaiah 66, where he says, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool for my feet. What kind of a house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where is the place of my rest? What's unquoted here from Isaiah 66, the next phrase in verse 2 of Isaiah 66 says, I will look to this man who is of a poor and contrite spirit. God's habitation is not made by hands, by human hands, but his habitation is within man and particularly within the spirit of man. Our human spirit is the dwelling place of God. He wants to come in and dwell in our spirit and, and inf- impart himself into us and grow and spread within us until we become this glorious habitation of the God of glory. This is too marvelous. So these two phrases, the God of glory and the habitation of God are the bookends of Stephen's message here in chapter 7, and and then after he concludes his message, unfolding the entire Old Testament in just, like I say, just a few minutes, then he rebukes strongly the religious ones that were there. In verse 51, he says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, You always oppose the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. You also do. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand concerning the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. So he strongly rebukes these religious ones who had trumped up these charges against him and were accusing him. He rebukes them strongly. And then in verse 54, they were exasperated. When they heard these things, they were exasperated. They gnashed their teeth at him. But then look at verse 55. It says, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he looked intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So, uh, listen. Stephen saw the glory of God. He started his message with the God of glory appearing to Abraham. Now, being full of the Holy Spirit, he looked into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. 
You know, this is the only time in the entire Bible that it mentions Jesus standing, standing there at the right hand of the Father in the heavens. So Stephen then was a man so full of and infused with Christ that his martyrdom was no doubt a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God. Stephen was a consecrated one. You know, it's, it's only by the appearing of the God of glory that such a consecration could be produced. We might try to teach people they need to consecrate themselves to God, to hand themselves over to God because he purchased us. He bought us with a price. We belong to him. We're not our own. But all we can teach people until we're blue in the face and nothing will avail until the God of glory appears to us. And when he appears, listen, one appearing of the God of glory can change everything. It can cause a person uh, to turn 180 degrees and run after the Lord, knowing full well that he bought us with a price, we belong to him, and we uh, just offer ourselves, we hand ourselves over to him in consecration. And Stephen was so intense in his love of the Lord, his pursuit of the Lord, and his gazing at the Lord, that he himself became a duplication of the Lord Jesus. And th this is seen in several ways. First of all, uh, if you go back to the end of chapter 6, his face was shining like an angel. His appearance, he had the appearance of being divine. Uh, and his utterance, here in, in verse 51 and, and 52, his utterance uh, and boldness was just Christ. And, and he said in verse 51, he said, you always oppose the Holy Spirit. Well, no, they were opposing Stephen. But Stephen said, you always oppose the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, Stephen was so one with the Lord, the Spirit, that to oppose him was to oppose the Holy Spirit, Christ himself in resurrection. Stephen was just a duplication of Christ through beholding, enjoying, pursuing, loving, being infused by Jesus Christ, the God of glory. And then in verse 59, here's another point. When they stoned Stephen, he was calling upon the name of the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Well, again, this was a duplication of Jesus Christ. When Christ was dying on the, on the cross in Luke 23, 46, it says he cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I commit my spirit. That's how Stephen responded. He said, receive my spirit. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then the, uh, the final indication that he had become a, the very duplication of Christ on the earth is seen in verse 60. It says, and kneeling down, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. <clears throat> 
Well, if we go back to Luke chapter 23, verse 34, uh, <clears throat> when Jesus was there being crucified, it says, uh, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So here in Acts 7, 60, Stephen, as a duplication of Christ, was forgiving and even asking the Lord to forgive, not to hold this sin against them. So this is too marvelous that, that uh, Stephen, Stephen beheld the God of glory and he gave his whole life, literally, physically, in martyrdom to the Lord as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. He saw the God of glory and he became a constituent and all of us, surely all of us, will become constituents of the very habitation of God as the God of glory appears to us and works himself into our being, we will become this mutual abode, God dwelling in us and us dwelling in him, the habitation of God, the glorious habitation of God for eternity. What a message from this, this, uh, this deacon, this serving one, this one who was, who was chosen to simply carry out practical matters in the church. And brothers and sisters, this can be the case for each and every one of us. Praise the Lord.